This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Definitely go to reallifepharmacology.com, take advantage of our free uh, 31-page PDF on uh, the top 200 drugs and clinical pearls. So with that, let's get into today's podcast, and I'm going to cover terbinafine. Brand name of this medication is Lamisil, and I'm going to mostly focus on the oral agent. I've seen that uh, quite a bit in clinical practice. With topical agents, obviously, you you tend not to um, run into much uh, as far as adverse effects and and systemic effects um, because systemic circulation is is so much lower for many uh, topical agents when it comes to uh, antifungals there. So I'm going to focus, again, mostly on the oral uh, systemic administration here. So terbinafine, antifungal agent, uh, dosing, uh, 250 milligrams or 500 milligram dosing. Uh, this is really going to depend upon the indication that you are using it for. Um, most common indications that I have seen this medication used for are onchomycosis. So that is a you know fingernail, toenail type fungal infection. Very, very difficult or can be difficult to treat. Uh, another indication I have seen it used for uh, is athlete's foot as well. Now, typically, if you're going the systemic route, uh, that athlete's foot case is probably pretty serious and severe. Okay, so one really important uh, concept or, or educational point I want you to remember is that fungal infections do take a long time to treat when you know comparing them to, let's say, uh, you know, common head cold. Well, we don't really treat a common head cold, but I think you get the point. You know, bacterial infections like a, a strep throat, for example, typically that treatment course is going to be relatively short, you know, a week or so, give or take. And with that, fungal infections can be multiple weeks of treatment. So as patients start to get better, it, it may be tempting for them to, to stop taking the medication maybe too soon. So um, fungal infections and particularly use with terbinafine, um, for some infections, we could be up in the 6 to 12 weeks of treatment range. Again, depending upon that infection, depending upon how it's responding and that sort of thing. So definitely keep that in mind with uh, antifungal agents in that they typically take a little bit longer uh, to treat those infections. From a mechanism of action standpoint, uh, terbenafine blocks squalene epoxidase. Okay, so what the heck is that? That's an enzyme uh, within the fungi that helps them build their cell membrane or their structure that, that basically surrounds them. Okay, so if we block the action of that enzyme, they obviously can't create a cell membrane, a cell wall, whatever. And that's going to 
um, block their their growth and and reproduction and that sort of thing. So that can obviously help us treat that infection. Uh, adverse effect profile. Um, in most situations where I've seen this used, I haven't seen too much as far as adverse effects. Probably the most common, um, you know, probably GI upset, maybe headache, that type of thing. Uh, there are a few rare ones or a couple rare ones you should be aware of anyway. Um, first, skin reactions can happen. So that's, you know, skin reactions can happen with virtually any medication. So it's important to, to watch and any new type of uh, reaction that's unusual and, and not infectious or not caused by anything else, uh, you definitely have to consider that terbinafine um, could be a, a potential contributing factor there. But again, very rare. Uh, hepatic impairment. That's probably the most uh, notable adverse effect that I remember. So we need to um, use this medication judiciously if we think somebody could have some issues with uh, liver toxicity. So anyone obviously with pre-existing liver disease, um, we're going to be a little bit more nervous, hesitant about giving that and maybe look uh, towards other options if there are other options available. Uh, if you know a patient is uh, an alcoholic, for example, um, and continuing to use, um, that's a situation where adding on terbinafine may exacerbate that that liver risk so very important to to remember that um, and uh, think about hepatotoxic risks for that specific patient that you're considering giving terbinafine to uh, let's talk about one other one and it's more so specifically with chronic use there has been uh, neutropenia so low white blood cell count or low neutrophils, uh, there has been this reported in, in case studies and things like that. So um, with, with that, uh, the most likely situation is chronic use, okay? So in monitoring parameters, we're, we're probably going to monitor hepatic function, particularly in, in longer-term use, and then we could monitor um, white blood cell count, CBC, that type of thing, um, in the event that, that we're concerned or at risk for neutropenia. So those are kind of the, the two monitor, monitoring parameters that you may see uh, with this medication. So CBC and uh, liver function tests. One other kind of unique adverse effect that I, I did want to mention um, was an alteration in taste and or smell. Um, so again, kind of a really unique adverse effect that could potentially happen uh, with terbinafine. Again, it's, it's likely going to um, be transient or, or I should say as you're taking that medication, um, if you stop it, hopefully those alterations are, are not going to be permanent. I mean, likely it's, it's just going to be while you're taking the drug in, in most situations here. All right, so I think that kind of wraps up this section. Uh, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and then we will get into uh, some important drug interactions to think about. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, BCGP, uh, ambulatory care, MTM certification, definitely go check out meded101.com store. 
We've also got books for other healthcare professionals, clinicians. Uh, definitely go check those resources out. Uh, free Audible book promotion is still going on. If you've uh, never had a book from Audible, definitely uh, go check that out. You can get your first book absolutely free. I would probably at this point recommend my Drug Interaction Audible book. Uh, it's a 10-hour book on drug interactions and the most important uh, clinical pearls and things you actually see in practice uh, in association with those drug interactions. So definitely go check that out. One last resource I've recently um, added and, and updated a little bit, edited. Uh, we are adding a certification program for long-term care consulting, which I have had uh, an employer reach out to me and actually uh, recommend that all uh, pharmacists that don't have experience or minimal experience uh, go through that long-term care consulting course. So uh, you can find the links uh, to that as well at meded101.com store. So definitely go check that out. So let's finish up on drug interactions. So the most important drug interaction that I, I want to mention is terbinafine's activity on CYP2D6. Okay, so CYP2D6 is a significant enzyme. So substrates of CYP2D6, uh, metoprolol, amitriptyline, nortriptyline, uh, clozapine, fluoxetine, these are all drugs that are broken down by CYP2D6. And by inhibiting CYP2D6, like terbinafine can do, that can increase those concentrations and increase the risk of toxicity. Obviously, if we are stable on a dose of, let's say, metoprolol 50 milligrams twice a day, we add terbinafine, we run the risk of causing lower blood pressure, higher concentrations, and lower pulses, uh, as well as other adverse effects or potential adverse effects with metoprolol. So um, keep in mind, increasing concentrations, more and more likelihood you're going to run into adverse effects of uh, those specific drugs that I mentioned. Again, very long list of drugs that are affected by CYP2D6. I just picked out some um, important ones that I do think you see uh, somewhat frequently in clinical practice. Uh, one other consequence from CYP2D6 inhibition is drugs that are activated by CYP2D6. And there's two classic examples. So codeine is converted to morphine by CYP2D6. And I believe I've got a specific um, podcast on, on codeine that you can go back and, and listen to where, where I talk about that a little bit more in depth. But um, codeine is activated or maybe converted into a more active compound, a prodrug, and it's converted to morphine by CYP2D6. So when we inhibit CYP2D6 with terbinafine, we're blocking that action. So we could end up with reduced effectiveness of codeine. One other drug, probably more critical, at least in my mind, uh, tamoxifen used in management of breast cancer. This drug is also a prodrug that has active metabolites, and CYP2D6 is at least partly responsible for creating those active metabolites. And when you inhibit CYP2D6, you're not going to form those active metabolites. Tamoxifen isn't going to have the desired effects that we're wanting it to do, 
and you can potentially increase the risk of developing breast cancer in a patient uh, who's taking that combination. Now, keep in mind, in most situations, terbinafine isn't going to be a long-term agent, but definitely something to um, chat with the patient's oncologist about um, in trying to figure out whether we should use this medication, not use this medication, uh, and look towards other alternatives potentially to avoid that interaction. And the last uh, interaction I, I certainly want to mention is think about drugs that can contribute to uh, liver toxicity. Okay, so I mentioned you know the the risk of, of alcohol uh, patients with uh, alcohol use disorder, for example. There, um, they are probably at much greater risk for hepatic uh, issues uh, when taking terbinafen. Um, with that that past medical history. So uh, think about that. You know, a lot of the anti-seizure medications have some uh, hepatic issues. Isoniazids, another medication that, that comes to mind. Amiodarone can have some liver uh, toxicity issues. So uh, think about some of those uh, cumulative uh, potential adverse effects in causing, contributing to drug interactions. So with that, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, definitely go support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Helps keep this podcast free. If you enjoyed the episode, found it helpful, relevant to your practice, definitely go leave us a rating review on iTunes. And certainly if you're looking to track me down, uh, you can find me at LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.